Hello everyone and welcome to a special San Antonio Easter Sunday edition of the Full 40 with Chris and Rob. We are live from the team hotel in the middle of the Hyatt Regency. We're not in a hotel room, no conference room. There's probably a ton of background noise. It's probably not all that great and we're not going to edit this at all. We're just literally posting we're this. We're doing it live. We're doing it live. We're doing it live. Fuck it. Fuck it. We're doing, we're doing it live. And... So you're just getting the stream of consciousness. Welcome, everybody. Are we excited? We are excited, excited. as usual. <laughs> per usual. We're as usual after a thrilling, trouncing. Was it thrilling? <laughs> it was thrilling, <laughs> trouncing of Kansas last night. Rob, I just have one question for you. What time is it? It's uh, it's one fifty-seven, Chris. And Michigan still sucks. Michigan still sucks. So. That's a chant that my wife, who went to Penn State, taught me that they chant at Penn State. And I think we're going to roll with it. We absolutely should roll with, roll it. with it. So we're going to see Michigan, the championship game, we on a, Monday night. We have a newfound hatred for Michigan. New it's amazing hatred. how quickly that hatred develops. Yeah. Like, yeah. I despise them. Yeah, half, yeah, my, no. half my family went to Michigan. We're not yeah. speaking now. Yeah. Those yellow shirts, they just really pissed me off. Yes. Oh, maze. Sorry. Maze. maze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and then they say hail. Went to the no, victors, whatever. whatever. It's gross. Nobody wears yellow anymore. No, it's gross. The color's um, gone. So, I mean, what do you want to do here? I mean, this is not going to be... This is going to be a quicker version. Yeah. There's a light touch. Well, let's give the people what they want. Let's start with uh, the heart monitor. That's why people are listening. <laughs> yeah, people... Yeah, everyone just wants to hear how Josh Hart is doing, right? <laughs> Definitely. Let's get it... No, no. All right, yeah. all right. Let's talk about the game. Let's talk about the game. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, first off, we're here in San Antonio. We went to the pre-party... Very exciting. Went into the Alamo Dome and watched a horrible game <laughs> versus so Loyola, bad. Chicago, oh and Michigan. God. I don't even want to talk about it because it was that bad. Oops. Other than to say that Mo, the composer <laughs> Wagner, took over late and got the job done for Michigan. Otherwise, it was looking bleak for Michigan there. They had nothing going. He was composing a symphony. Yes. Yeah, he composed a symphony. It was... He was electric down the stretch, and they got the job done. We'll get to Michigan later, though. Yeah. So, so then our game is, and let's let's. I'm going to be completely candid with you. I was really nervous. I was really nervous about this. A because obviously I want to win the national championship, but B because coming all the way down to San Antonio, I didn't just come for one day. <laughs> I wanted to be here all day Sunday. I wanted to be happy at the Easter Sunday mass. Father Peter's Sunday Mass was all about not being selfish. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I kind of screwed that one up. <laughs> yeah, absolutely wanted to be. I felt, I felt that was very pointed. I was like, ooh, yeah. He's talking all... to me directly. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, we went to, uh, so, so the game was nervous beforehand, and then we learned very quickly that we had no right Yo, to be nervous. We butlered them. Yeah. We twenty two to four ten minutes into the game. Twenty two to four. Absolutely amazing. Ridiculous. Which, like we, before we even jump into that, our seats, by the way, we should touch on our seats. So we got our seats, like we said, from Loyola, Loyola Chicago. We were thank a little you worried to our Jesuit friends. Yes, Sister Jean, thank you. Yeah. Um I was a little worried to be honest. Actually that's the thing I was most worried about coming into the game. Because if you listen to the last podcast, we emphasized two things. One, we emphasized Eric Pascal. And two, we emphasized the fact that we thought we could smoke Kansas. So we did both those things. Yes. Anyway, sight lines, we got in there pleasantly surprised. Yeah. This one was better than Houston. The Alamo Dome had a better seating arrangement, I thought, than Houston. Because I felt like in Houston, if you were tucked in the corner, you couldn't see anything. Yeah. In this one, at least from our angle, 
I felt like we had a pretty good view. We were in the corner. Yeah. But and we were pretty far back, but I saw every piece of the game without any problem. So yeah. Alamo Dome was nice. I really liked it. They had Chick Fil A. Chick Fil A was delicious. Yeah, yes. Chick Fil A was delicious. We heard the brisket was delicious as well. So, so yeah, all of those things have nothing to do with the game. Yeah. So other game. than twenty-two to four blitzkrieg to start to start the what game. Do you, what do you think's going through Bill Self's head at that point? I mean, he looked helpless. I mean, <laughs> I, he looked like, uh, what, what the hell? What am I even going to do here? He had no answer. And, and I, here's the problem: we told you before the game, the interesting matchup is going to be Azabuki and Spellman, and. It ended up that being true, I think, in a different way than people expected. What happened was, Azubuki was Azubuki played well. I thought he did early well, on. Yeah. He got some early buckets. We he got really their have, first bucket. He was fired up. Yeah, we didn't get. We didn't have much of a chance defending. I mean, like we did good, good enough. Omari like, held his own. Yeah, Omari held his own. But Azubuki is a big dude. Yeah, and and he's a load down low. And he's also active on the boards. So if he misses one, he's usually getting the offensive rebound. We were getting killed by him. But that was the thing. He was like, you trade twos for threes because, because they were getting twos down low. The problem is, is that with Spellman in the lineup, with everyone except Demir Cosby Roundtree in our lineup can jack the three. Yeah. And Azubuke had no answer. He couldn't get out to the three-point line to guard. It was worthless, and if he did, we would just carve him up inside. So he had to stay home, and and it ended up being a problem for Kansas. And it, we just exposed it immediately, and then Self was just throwing shit up against the wall to see what stuck. Yeah, and I mean, he pulled Azabuke out he because pulled, of that. Yeah. Yeah, like pulled, he, we were getting absolutely burned. He on had that. to put D'Souza because D'Souza was in better shape and could guard the three-point line. Not yeah. necessarily great, but he could guard a lot better than Azubuke yeah, did for sure. And then our ball movement was ridiculous. We had twenty assists. Our ball movement was just balls flying everywhere, and especially with Azubuke, and there was no, there was nothing they could do. We were just having open looks. Yeah. There was a lot of open looks that I thought we missed. I mean, the the story yeah. is Villanova made a lot of three-pointers. True, we also took a shitload of three-pointers. I was. Yeah. And we only, I say only in quotation marks, you can't see me, but I'm making all quotation marks. <laughs> we only shot 45%. Like, it wasn't like an out-of-body three-point shooting experience. We took 40, and we made 18 of them. If we hit our season average, it would have been like 14. Yeah. I mean, or, or 15 or 16 yeah. on, on 40 shots. So we shoot about 40% as a, t- as a club. So 45% is not outrageous. The difference is the timing, though, right? Because like right. we hit we hit that spurt right up front, right. and it just when you get out to that twenty-two to four run, where everything fell. I mean, everything fell in that first five minutes. Yeah. Spellman hit, Bridges hit, Colin hit, just everything was there. And so, yeah, while the averages played out that way, once you get that start, I think Self said you have to play basically a perfect game after right. that to get back into it. And they made runs. They made runs. I mean. Uh, one thing is to say, I watched this game to see, okay, Jalen Brunson, who just won the Naismith Award, let's come back to that. I watched this game, Part one of my eyes was on Devontae Graham to see, okay, how impressive is he really? Mm. And I got to be honest with you, I came away really, that kid's a player. He, he was, developed into a real player. He was basically just a, a three-point guy two years ago. Like, he wasn't, he wasn't this active leader role. In two years, Bill Self has done a tremendous job with Devontae Graham. He was electric. He had he had not, he had to put the whole team on his back and they couldn't get back into it. But
but he put the whole. He tried. So, he got the lead down to twelve at one point in the second half or fourteen. He was literally the only reason they were in that game. Like yeah. he hit those two threes with a hand in his face, and I, I kind of felt like the rest of the team was like, "Ah, we're good. Like we'll pack it in. We'll just go back to the hotel. We're not yeah. going to win this." And Graham was like, "No, no, no, guys. Like, we don't want to. We, we got to keep trying. Right. But if he doesn't make those." Step back, hand in the face threes. Yeah. This game is over well earlier yeah. than it actually was. So I was impressed with Graham. Yeah. Uh, Speed McKay, look, I thought was decent at points, but he was I, a non-factor. He was not that big of a factor. He had a couple. He had a couple of good shots. He had a couple of plays where I didn't realize that he could slash. I actually. Uh, yeah, yeah. I watched a lot of Kansas and I saw some of that, but I didn't think it was going to happen against us. I actually thought that at points our defense looked great, and at points our defense looked. A little bit rusty. Um, I expect the defensive effort to be much better tomorrow. Yeah. Um, though, yeah, I, Malik Newman had some shots, but I mean, they scored 79 points. And, it's hard to say anyone yeah. played terribly. I just think that what people said, the matchup was not good in Kansas's favor because they were like a mini Villanova, and it kind of happened that way. Yeah, like we said, they were basically a worse version of, us. of Villanova. They yeah. play the same style, but just not as well. Yeah. And I mean, so, it, look, it was it was fun being in San Antonio in the Alamo Dome for that game. I mean, first off, hats off to the Villanova official Villanova section because we could hear them across the arena yeah, they were loud. loud and clear. Yeah. There were some let's go Novas and even some defense. Oh, the Eric Pascal chant. And the Eric Pascal chant. Oh. Um, and they were terrific. And actually, I was going to go start talking about the fans and the experience, but you brought up a great point, Eric Pascal. We have to talk about Eric Pascal. I mean, we talked about him on the last podcast. I asked the question, if he, is he the most underrated Villanova player? <laughs> Answer? Ever? Yes. Yeah, and, and, and not anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yes, before. He, he's just rated. Yeah, now he's rated real good. <laughs> yeah. Everyone, thank God for Eric Pascal. He is unbelievable. And I tweeted this out on, the, on our, on our uh, Twitter page, which is at the full 40, uh, 4-0. Eric Pascal hit that end of the shot clock um, yes. three-pointer from Austin, Texas. <laughs> It felt like. And it wasn't as quite as far or as devastating as Chris Jenkins' Miami three-pointer from the logo mm. back in 2016. But it felt like that. Yeah. That, that three-pointer with the clock winding down, Kansas was trying to make a run in the beginning of the second half, was, felt like a dagger. Absolutely. That felt like one of the... One of the first daggers in a line of daggers to kill the second half and give them no hope. Yes. And it was pure. It wasn't like a rattle at home type of three. It was just buckets. He was unstoppable. He shot 10 for 11. Yeah. (laughs) Like, unreal. He was good. Also brings me to another point. He had that one, like, uh, floater that he hit that the officials waved off. And... I gotta be honest with you. I thought that was good live. It looked good live. It looked it looked really. It looked close good live. And some of our friends who were back home watching the game were actually surprised that they called it off. I want to bring this up. We got no favors from the officials last night. I would actually say the officials were working in favor of Kansas. There was a blown block charge call that would have oh, ended the Dante. game. Yeah, that yeah. would have ended the game. It was horrible. Dante was there for like what felt like twenty minutes. Yeah, and 
<laughs> and he yeah. got ran over. <laughs> Absolutely truck sticked. Yeah. And that was that was a charge. That was a definition of a charge, period, end of story. Yeah. So like so like the I thought the officials were jobbing us. I thought at some point in time the officials were acting like a CPU does in like video games. <laughs> Trying to even it out. Yeah, where like, like they gotta even it out. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, if you fall behind in space in uh, NBA jam, like <laughs> yeah. all of a sudden all the opposed like your shots go in. Yeah. Or if you're playing Mario Kart, like, oh you're in last place, here, get the blue shell. Yeah. <laughs> and all of the red get the red circle shells, all of those things. Like that's what the officials were trying to do. Like, hey, let's try and tighten this up a little bit. That's what it felt like. It did. It did. It felt like they had every call go in their favor. It's funny because the Villanova fans in our section, the Loyola Chicago section, were booing some of the calls. And the Kansas fans, like one Kansas fan yelled out, we needed that call. <laughs> <laughs> like, have you no mercy? <laughs> Literally, give us anything. We'll yeah. take anything. Anything. So, so, I mean, I thought the officials were bad. Jalen Brunson was outstanding. He is... Uh, what can what more can you say about I, this I mean, guy? look, we've talked about Jalen for so long. He, he shoots, again, 50% from the field and just controls the tempo like he does every single game. 18 points. Uh, the, my favorite part about Brunson's play was at the end of the game, you know, or towards the end of the game, we're still up 15 or so. He is attacking the hoop nonstop. He doesn't think, like, he doesn't turn off his attack mode. There's no foot off the gas pedal for Jalen Brunson, but it's all smart attacks, right? He was driving at the rim, pulling it out when he needed to, but he was looking for points the entire game yeah, nonstop. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, he was good. Yeah. Um, so, um, the the other thing I wanted to bring up, I thought Booth had a nice game. He had 10-6 and six last night. Um, and, and some good defense. Too. And, and, and yeah, As he always. was good on defense. Uh, one player who might you might be saying, like, where was he? was Mikhail Bridges. I mean, Mikhail had 10 points. He had three rebounds, two assists. Not a horrible stat line. Yeah, but but not but from, from a lottery pick. From, you from your lottery pick being your afterthought <laughs> in the final yeah. four game. But I want to point something out. When Devontae Graham went on that mini heater, yeah. Jay immediately stuck Bridges on him. Because I think Brunson had been guarding him a little bit. Maybe, I'm not sure. Jay rolls Bridges onto him, and, Brun- and Graham had no answer. Yeah. So, Bridges defensively was super key. In, it, I thought he played well on the defensive end. It was a great effort from the whole team. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. I get what people say, Mikhail, we want to see him take over offensively. To me, it was clear that Kansas was all over him. Mm-hmm. So, I thought that 10 points for a guy being draped all over, made some good decisions. Um, I thought he looked fine. I didn't actually have a problem with Bridges. No. Um, Spellman, man. I'm, I'm actually, it's like, it's like one of those things where it's like, we're going to make, we're making the national championship game. Very could, well, could win the national championship. And a lot of that will be because of Omari Spellman. But the, 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 the take the good with the bad. The bad is that Omari Spellman is climbing very quickly up NBA draft boards. A lot of chatter. <laughs> yeah. And I'm starting to get a little bit nervous that we're going to potentially lose him to the NBA draft. Yeah, I, I, look, he's playing really well, but I don't think he's... And yes, there's definitely chatter. I don't think he's going to get to that level. I think yeah. I think he'll get to the round to the point where they're talking about him definitely as like a second-round pick. 
But at the same time, I think Jay would sit down with him and say, look, second round pick's nice. You can definitely be a first round pick right. if you're coming back. One next more year, year in one school. One more year. One more year in school. Go be a first round pick. Yeah. Everyone's going to salivate over you because you're the new style for yep. stretch four in Absolutely. the NBA. And you have a great three point shot. Let Develop them watch the handle. you. Let develop your handle, develop your defense, let them watch you one more year, and then you're going to be a high first-round pick. Yeah. Can I – so the one thing I really loved about Spellman last night was not necessarily the, the three-point shooting, which was phenomenal again. Huge clutch threes. Defensively, he was a stud. Yep. So the first possession of the game, Kansas gets it. They feed it to Azabuke. Azabuke makes a nice move, gets the two points. He's pumped up, right? Right. Spellman doesn't foul. Fine. Whatever. Kind of let him have it. I think it was their next Kansas possession. They feed it. They fed it back to him. Spellman stood his ground, forced a miss on Azubuke's part. We got the rebound and moved the ball up court. It was very much like, hey, I'm feeling this out, but I know I'm as good as you, and I can stand here and take it, just like he did with Delgado back, you know, a few weeks ago as well. So he was able to stay in the post there, defend against Azubuke when he was in there, and then he had a couple rejections later in the game too, and then there there was, I think, one that got waved off because we got a foul call. But he was a monster. Oh yeah, defensively. Oh like, yeah, he's playing with such confidence it's right now awesome on box. both sides of the ball. Yeah, like his evolution is crazy. And I know Jay's talked about it too. Like he's now making a lot smarter plays. He knows where he is better on the floor. And God, he's just becoming a presence oh, underneath. Yeah. Like Amari Spellman has been the difference maker on this team without question. Um, this is almost like his own personal revenge tour. Absolutely. For the, Absolutely. Bullshit, the bullshit suspension from last year <laughs> was the most garbage decision the NCAA ever made. Got to be honest with you, we could be staring at our third consecutive oh national gosh. championship appearance totally. if we had Omari Spellman last year. Like, I'm not saying he would have been like he is right no, now he, this he year. Wouldn't, he wouldn't be the same type of player. Right. No, no, no. But enough to get past Wisconsin and you don't know from there and you don't know from there that's it right like just a couple extra pieces and tweaks like oh man a lot Um, more a lot more legs on that team too but also Dante yeah Dante DiVincenzo 15 points 8 rebounds 3 assists no turnovers His his decision making, I'll just go so far as to say it. <laughs> Don't was, say it. it Don't was say it, it was Brunson esque. No, just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. To be clear, we are kidding here. Don't say it. But no, he did he played really smart, especially later in the game. He when was, they were pressing. When they were pressing, he didn't turn it over. He would also he broke the press a number of times, took it at the hoop, yeah. and decided to pull it back and out. Decided to pull it out. Didn't to like force work anything. a full shot clock. Yes. Which was terrific. Great decision-making on his part. Made really good feeds up the court in the press. Yep. I thought he passed out of the press really well. He did. And that created a lot of problems um, for Kansas, which was which was great. <laughs> it's, it's kind of funny now when teams press us. I'm like, oh, that's cute. Like, you're trying to do this once or twice. We played West Virginia. Yeah, we played like, West Virginia. Just stop. It's just, yeah. like, totally different. Yeah, this is not going to go all that well <laughs> this, for you. This is amateur hour, please. Yeah. Come I mean, on. I get it. They were in. No, they had to press. Yeah. You have to press. Absolutely. And then let's just let's just you want to talk about Jalen Brunson. Well, we touched on Jalen. Uh, yeah, but I want to talk about more high level. So Jalen Brunson started this week with the AP National Player of the Year award, and then continued on this week with um, just won the Naismith Award. Yeah, for Player of the Year. It's pretty good. And he is. This is the first time this happened for a Villanova player. Is it okay? Um, and I just want to say hats off. This kid is absolutely outstanding. We've, we've said it on the podcast. It's not possible to appreciate 
Jalen Brunson as much as you should appreciate Jalen Brunson just because there's not enough appreciation to have. <laughs> there isn't enough appreciation <laughs> to go around um, because Jalen Brunson is just that good. Five-star recruit, wanted to graduate in three years, stuck with the program, got his graduation done, is an excellent preparer, is an excellent um, – eats right – is mature. He does eats right. That's Joe what Jay, Jay, oh, okay. Jay said it. Jay said it. <laughs> like, um, are you falling, Jay? And, like, yeah. Watch him what he and, eats. Um, and Jalen has just exuded everything you could possibly want out of a college basketball player and then some. And then for him, I think, to go out and win National Player of the Year, the Naismith Award, is a tribute to how just how great he is. And I think that it's, it's like justice served, from my opinion, because he is a, um, he has just been like the hardest working guy, I think, in all of college basketball. Yeah. Mixed with talent, not taking anything for granted, focus, doing all the right things, saying all the right things, etc. And handled everything, every step of the way with nothing but class. And Jalen Brunson deserves this award more than anybody I could ever remember. So tip your hat to Jalen Brunson. We're losing Mikhail and Jalen next year. I'm almost certain of it. I think Jalen's played his way into the first round, hopefully. I he think, deserves it. Yeah. He deserves it. I think he's going to be a double-digit year pro in the yeah, NBA. have to be. Um, and I'm just nothing but impressed, and I just want to like, take this opportunity that I have to say thank you. Absolutely say Jalen Brunson for everything that he's done and been to this program. I feel like if Jalen was listening, he'd say, save that until Tuesday. Jalen Brunson is on a business trip right yeah, now. Yeah, Jalen Brunson, we're, he all, is, we're all on a business trip. He is dialed we're in. All, we're all on a business trip. Let's be <laughs> honest here. This is a business trip. This, like, in 1985, it was like, oh, we made the Final Four. We're going to win the National... Maybe we'll win the National we're, 85 was a vacation. Yeah, 85 was a vacation. In 2016, it was like, hey, we might actually get this done. This is, I said it before, this is the 1998 New York Yankees. We're here. We're the most talented team. We're the best team. We're playing hot as fire. And we're coming here to sweep this whole thing down. Yep, for sure. Um, Before we get to the Michigan game, upcoming Michigan game, I want to talk about some of the experiences in the arena. Yeah. So we were in a mixed smattering of fans. So overall, in terms of whole stadium, right, you had... I would say that the biggest fan base in San Antonio and at the stadium was Kansas. Yeah, seemed like that. KU had the biggest fan base, I thought. <laughs> Definitely not the loudest. No, no. <laughs> they were would be the loudest if they played well. Had but no chance to be in that no, game. No, they, they, they were out of the game right before it even started. <laughs> um, Just brutal. It was really bad. <laughs> and, then, and then Michigan brought a lot of people down. And they stand out, too, because they're wearing that yellow, like they're you said. They're wearing that yellow. Just, and they're loud. And they're loud, yeah. That's what football fans do. They know how to cheer. They know how to cheer. And so they've been, uh, they've been great. They've been pretty friendly, I would say. Everyone's been friendly. Everybody's friendly. Everyone's yeah. been friendly. Even the KU fans. KU fans the, are like, oh, great. Like, you guys were awesome. Like, yeah, KU fans have been pretty good. I, I actually like Kansas fans. Every time I've talked to a Kansas fan, very knowledgeable. Yeah. Like, really, like, deep into the game yeah and and so they were definitely like uh, you you just 
beat us up. I, I think they re- they can recognize at least when a team is just far superior. Yeah, and it's not. And look, we don't have like a long standing history with Kansas, so it's not like that. We're this, developing one. We're definitely developing. Like that game next year at Fog Allen. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, you think they're going to turn up for that one? <laughs> yeah. Woo! Damn. But I mean, like, there's not that visceral hatred like we have with you know, say Syracuse or something like that. And I agree. Like all the interactions have been courteous, which is nice. Um, um, yeah, pretty so- cool. And then Loyola, should, and then us, we, Villanova, not a distant third. Not a distant third. Like right. a definite third. Like it's KU and Michigan up there. And then, and then we're not a distant third, but not a close third either. Um, and then there was just a smattering of Loyola, Chicago people there. Yeah. And the one thing that you see in San Antonio versus that I thought it was interesting versus Houston a couple of years ago is because everything is in a confined space, those media types I referred to in the last podcast were right. It were in a, in a it's a much more confined area, it, which does make a nice, for, yeah. for a nice atmosphere in the city. Um, a lot of just generic fans, people wearing their school's colors. Yeah, like West Virginia, West whatever, Virginia, yeah. Tennessee I saw. Um, obviously, a lot of the Texas schools. Bunch of to Texas be schools, I've yeah. seen some Duke shirts. Um, Gross. We saw a UCLA player. Yeah, Thomas Welsh. Yeah. Um, I was excited about that. Nobody else, yeah, nobody else I, in the group seemed to be. I don't get excited about the Pac-12. Pac-12 is garbage. <laughs> um, but, so it was funny watching this game around a lot of Kansas fans. Yeah. And Michigan fans. We'll get to them in a second. Um, Kansas fans were just looking up, like, you know, the shrug emoji thing <laughs> yeah. uh, on the, um, you know, on your phones. <laughs> it's just like shrug. Like, what, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> what, what are we supposed to do? When Jalen Brunson had those, like, in-between-the-leg dribbles, step-back three balls, they were just looking around like, what, am I, what are we going to do with that? There's nothing we can do about this. What's going on? I remember the one Kansas fan near me, um, right before Jalen buries another three, he goes, he just has to cool. There's no way he makes another one. And then Jalen just steps back, boom, three. And it's like, the guy just had nothing. He had no idea what to say at that point. Yeah. <laughs> you're, um, you're watching greatness. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Villanova made like a, you could go for it. Uh, just go for it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, we're sitting out in the open. And people think we work here. Yeah. People think <laughs> we're working here or, or whatever. So. <laughs> There you go. You just saw it. We're like trying to ignore people, actively ignoring yeah, people. It was a guy standing right in front of us. For like five minutes. While I was talking about Jalen Brunson. And I was trying so hard to not get distracted. <laughs> yeah. Please. <laughs> just sure, standing go away. there awkwardly. <laughs> not saying anything, but kind of like not even listening, not yeah, even no, sure what's going on. Super awkward. I don't get it. Yeah, yeah. whatever. <laughs> Make a move, dude. Make a move. Um, <laughs> this is what you get. So. So then the Kansas fans were just reacting like, what, what's, what, what yeah, is yeah. this, right? Then I was sitting a, amongst a bunch of Villanova people, and these guys were being really funny. I actually knew them. They were class of 09. Um, and every time we were just hitting shots, they were just like, everybody eats, everybody eats. And it, was, it turned into a funny thing. And at one point in time with like five minutes left in the game, some Kansas fan turns around and goes, Everybody's full. We're full. We don't need any more. Thank you. It's so good. Yeah. And it was kind of like a break the ice moment. It was very funny. Anyway, getting to the Michigan fans, and then we'll get to the Michigan game. The Michigan fans were so excited after beating Loyola Chicago. Definitely had this. You could tell the look on their face. Like, we're going to beat them. We're going to win the national championship. They're out there buying their Monday tickets. Yeah. Like, yeah. Because someone for Monday, someone yeah, for Monday. yeah. 
jacked up, super excited. And then they sat down and watched the Villanova game. And you could see their mood just like slowly deteriorate throughout the game. Like, uh, uh oh, we gotta play this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and look, it's likely to not necessarily get as good of a performance. We're not gonna hang up 95 on everybody. No, no, no. Hung up 90 points on a lot of teams this year. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's too bad. Michigan plays a lot better defense than Kansas. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Michigan's gonna be the best team we've actually played all year per Ken Palm. Which is interesting. You see the three seed next to the name. Don't be fooled. Michigan is higher rated on Ken Palm than Kansas was. So, so, and still, Ken Palm has us as six and a half point favorites. So, or six point favorites or whatever. Whatever it is, yeah. Um, so, look, it's one of those things where it's like, Michigan's been, you could make the argument, I'm not saying they are, you can make the argument that since the beginning of February, Michigan has been as good or one of the best teams in the country, Yo, if we, not the best team in the country. We said when we started, like, I think our second podcast. We started podcast, the podcast in mid-February when Michigan was projecting to like a 7-10 to 10 type seed. Yeah. And we said, we were like, we do not want to play Michigan as our 8-9, which, yeah. yes, you would not have wanted to play no. Michigan as your 8-9. Nope. Absolutely not. This is not an 8-9 team. This is definitely a, a top 10 team for sure who will show up. That said... The Loyola-Michigan game made them look completely and utterly human. Yes. The game was a train wreck of a game to watch. Yeah. I wanted to go to sleep. That may have been because we drank a lot at the pregame. And they don't sell liquor. And had a big lull there. But anyway, it was a brutal game to watch. But they did look very human. Yes. I mean, they've got, they've got some studs. They have the composer, which, who had a, an out-of-body experience and single-handedly willed them back to win that game. Because... We were sitting there. I said to I said to my wife, Michigan was down like 10 or something. I don't know, like 12 minutes left or 13 minutes left. I was like, and Loyola, again, was answering every run. I was like, oh, Loyola's got this. Which, yeah. frankly, I didn't want to face Loyola <laughs> because I was just so, thinking Loyola's on one of those runs where it's a team of destiny yeah, type thing. The last thing you need is to face Loyola Chicago in that arena with the Kansas and Michigan fans no still way. there. No way. No way. With Villanova the heavy favorite and to turn into a to turn into a nightmare scenario where all of a sudden everyone's against you. Yep. And you want to become the bad guy in a heartbeat. Like Villanova's kinda of like then still a nice story. Yeah. You're gonna become the bad guy in a heartbeat, beat the eleven seed with Sister Jean. Yeah. And everyone's gonna hate you. Yeah. Um and so and so Michigan took care of that for us, so we don't have to worry about I was, that. I was actively relieved when Michigan won. I said, I much, like, similar to how you were saying, oh, kind of, like, I would rather have played Duke than Kansas, which I don't know about that, <laughs> given last night. But when Michigan won, I said, great, higher seed wins, I will absolutely take it. Yeah. So let's talk about it. So they've got, what's Michigan? Michigan is a defensive juggernaut. Really good. They're really third good. Third best defensive team now in the country. Yeah. After Cincy and, um, Virginia. Whoops. Yeah. Well, yeah rough. <laughs> Let's go there. Womp, womp. Um, yeah. So they are a great defensive team, not an offensive team. So not all that different stats-wise. Obviously, it's a different com- team makeup. Not all that different stats-wise than what we face with Texas Tech. They are a, Yes. They look a lot like Texas Tech. Yeah. They are a better version of Texas They are Tech. a better version of Texas Tech. Yes. For sure. They are definitely a better offensive team. Um, they are a horrible free-throw shooting team. They are absolutely abysmal at free throws. So if this, if this game comes down to free throws, 
We should have the advantage. We should have the advantage. Absolutely. Like they are, I think it's a team they I want to say they shoot like 65% or something like that. It's not it's not a good look if I was uh yeah, like I wouldn't be what do they shoot? Yeah, 66%. Yeah, not not great. <laughs> not great, Bob. Almost last the country. Not, not great, Bob. Not very good. Um, um so they've so, got the composer. Yeah. So they got the composer Wagner who is like the antidote to Omar yes. Spellman for them. Omar it's, it's like very funny. We've been talking about this matchup forever, I feel like. Omari Spellman and, and um, Mo Wagner are, a, are like almost like carbon copies of one another and in, in a way. Yeah. Right? Wagner can step out, shoot the three. Wagner's got a more polished inside game and is a more of an interior He's player. way more polished inside. Yeah, way more of an interior player. Spellman is clearly more comfortable roaming the outside. Wagner can shoot the three. Omari likes to shoot the three. Yeah, I think that's right. The default position is different. Omari defaults to the outside. Wagner defaults to the inside. But but this is as close, I think, as a comparison. Weird. Really weird. For players who look nothing alike. (laughs) Yes, obviously. Omari does not look like a a large German man. (laughs) Yes. Um, For players, like, they have such similar games, it's kind of weird. Um, where we are stronger is our guard play. For sure. They are led by Muhammad Ali Abdul Rahman, who is a very nice player. I don't know if I'd say led by. <laughs> I mean, he is, he is one of their key players. He's their senior, keep everyone in check. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been around for four years, um, been a very nice asset for Bayline and their program, and has been a very good asset for for them so i feel like um i feel no. like uh, yeah, we, we don't work here oh, okay. yeah um there you go again he's been a nice asset for the program yeah he's <laughs> been a nice asset back. for the program for bayline kind of been the guy who's held this whole thing together for them yeah um and yeah he's he's a veteran guy he's not like the most talented guy but he's kind of guy who is if they're going to win on toughness He's kind of the guy who's going to key that up for them. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, the other guys you want to watch out for, yeah. you've got Charles Matthews, who's a, um, a transfer from Kentucky. Right. Definitely a guy who can play. Oh, who's yeah. Played really Real well. talented kid. Yep. Um, Xavier Simpson's their point guard. Right. A- abysmal free throw shooter. Really? A- abysmal. I How, think, what's there? What's I his, think what's he's his, like 60% or something like that. It's crazy. Yeah. Hey, do we pay you guys? No, wait. We don't work here. Just take it. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's an abysmal free throw shooter. He is. Here's here's what his stat line is. He shoots fifty one percent. Oh my goodness! Yeah, how is that possible? He's What's so his three point percentage? It's also not. Uh, it's also not good. It's twenty nine percent. Oh, okay. So he's just not a good shooter. No, no, no he's not a good shooter. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, so, so put Xavier Simpson on the foul line. Yeah, absolutely. Jeez. Yeah, I told you they're really bad. Yeah. All right. So this thing is. It's going to think it's going to come down to are their guards going to play up to like over their head potential? Are we going to miss shots? Yeah. And is Mo Wagner going to take control of the game? I think that's right. That that those three things, two of those three things, have to happen for them to win. So yeah, like this again. I think this boils down to a simple thing: if the shots are falling for us, for us at at a normal rate, at a normal rate, we will win this game. Nothing has nothing else has to happen. Yes. Now but, that said. They are a very good defensive team. I don't think we shoot our normal percentage. I think we I shoot don't think we shoot as bad it. as we did against Texas. I don't think so. Texas Tech was an anomaly. Yep. Absolutely. Um, so, 
I'm comfortable. I feel good about this. I feel good about this. I think we could get this done. It wouldn't shock me to lose. It wouldn't, like, blow my mind if we lost. It wouldn't blow my mind. That's it. But I don't think we will. I don't think we're going to lose. Yeah. I don't think we're going to lose. I think these guys are all business. I think they have, they know what they have in front of them. You want to get into score predictions? Let's do, yeah, let's do score predictions. Okay. Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to go 82, 82 to 70, which may have been my score prediction that, for the Kansas game. That was game. exactly your score well, prediction I'm for the I'm sticking with it. Game. That's really <laughs> funny. Um, I think I think it'll be clearly just like eighty-two to seventy as a score. Okay, you ready for this? I'm ready. This is gonna be wild. Y'all ready for this? Yeah. Seventy-nine to sixty-four. Comfortable. Ooh, big. Comfortable. Big. I like it. Comfortable. It's gonna be the last five minutes are going to be a celebration. Michigan fans headed for the exits. Villanova fans going nuts. Nothing but let's go Nova chance for the for the last few minutes of the game. I think this I think this just comes down to we have too many weapons. Uh, yeah. A lot of weapons. They're they don't. great. They're a great team. Bayline is an excellent coach. If there's one coach I don't want to have to play against, it's Bayline. I think he's an underrated coach. I think he might be one of the better game plan coaches. I'm glad that we only have to face them after two days of game plan. Yes. As opposed to having had a full week. Yeah. For them for sure. to game plan, but it's coming down to this, and I feel really good about it. I feel good about it too. I All feel right. really good about it. So that so, looks good. Yeah. Should we do heart monitor? Heart monitor. Yeah. All right. So, so yeah. Josh Hart returns yeah. from his hand injury. So we took yeah we took a break from the heart monitor, which was one of my favorite segments. Yes. Because Josh was hurt. Yeah, Josh was hurt, had a hand injury, uh, like every other player person affiliated <laughs> with the Villanova program. He felt like he was missing out. He's like, I just want to be back on campus, and therefore I need to break my we hand. Really should have come, we really should have done this. We really should have made like a Villanova cast sleeve thing for doing the V. Oh, I know. <laughs> that would have been a nice little thing. It would have been um, good. Anyway, the... Yeah, so he so Josh Hart came back on what was it? Friday night? Uh yeah, it was Friday, Friday. night. He had 13 and 13. 13 and 13. Double double off the bench in his first game back yep. in an overtime loss to Milwaukee. Um he led the team in rebounding. He led the team in rebounding. Like what can after you say, coming back from a broken hand. What can you say about that? I mean, just so much toughness. Like, it's got to suck to be out and then out for that many weeks and then just to come in cold and come in off the bench. You know, he had a starting role yep. prior to that. Yep. Comes in, jumps back in. He's clearly playing tough. No concerns about the hand. Grabbing 13 rebounds. Ridiculous. In 35 minutes. Like, I mean, just hyper-efficient. If you're a Lakers fan, you've got to be loving, one, their, their young core. Yep. And two, Josh Hart. They're He's a playoff just, team next year. And Josh Hart's going to help them a lot. I think Josh Hart is going to end up being a really, really good player. I don't think he's going to be, I don't know, maybe maybe at some point in time he could be like an all-star. But he's going to be like the prototype for like the all-effort team. Yeah, he's absolutely an all-effort guy. Um, and then also I want to touch on Kyle Lowry, who I highly recommend reading this piece. The Players' Tribune, Kyle Lowry wrote a special op-ed. I guess, not an op-ed, like yeah, a special yeah. letter. Um, talking about all about Villanova, like what Villanova was to him growing up in Philadelphia, yeah, which was not all that relevant, and how Jay Wright has done this amazing job 
at making Villanova a Philly team yeah. and, and, and a national brand and enterprise, even, if you will. And it's a really good piece. The Players' Tribune, Kyle Lowry, just Google that, and I'm sure it'll come up immediately. Check it out. Really highly recommend it. He's just – I love – I love Kyle's attitude. Like the, for a guy who it's well chronicled, definitely was a feisty guy in college. Like real, um, real kind of go at you. It sounded like he and Jay definitely like gotten their fair share of arguments back in the day. I feel like there's no bigger, no more vocal proponent of Villanova than Kyle Lowry. He's he is terrific. just he is always out there pushing it. Like loves the school. Clearly, just gave a million dollars to it. Yeah, the cool it. mill spot helps. The cool too. mill spot clearly likes it <laughs> when you get the na- locker room named after you. But I mean, just really cool piece. Got to check it out, guys. Um, and it is the thing I, I thought was pretty interesting too is, like you said, he's a Philly guy, and he made clear in the article that when he was growing up, people in Philly don't think of Villanova as a Philly school, which we all know, right? Like yeah. we all know it's not a, a Philly school. But he's asserting, which I don't know how much I buy it. We, we can debate it that. It's getting to the point where Philadelphia is starting to embrace Villanova a little bit more. and I think I, that has a lot to do with the fact that the other four schools have been horrible. Horrible. And, and it's also, too, like, it's gone from, yeah, Villanova is like a nice school with that, that nice win at 85, too. It's just a national powerhouse, yeah. which kind of makes it a little bit easier to root for and get excited about if you're just kind of in that general vicinity. Like, yeah, I want to root for a powerhouse versus, like, oh, I want to root for those guys down the main line who won, won that title, like, you know, a few years ago. Yeah. It's, um, but yeah, really cool. So really uh, cool piece. Definitely check it out. The, I also wanted to talk about, um, what was it? This is what happens when you don't edit. Yeah, uh, I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe we should just bring it to a close. We'll give everybody a pause. No, Chris I want to thinking. talk about the mess. Oh, the mask. Yeah. All right. So let's, we told the people who were in, the yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. T- let's close out on the mask. So we told people, if you're going to San Antonio, make sure you go to the Easter Sunday mask. <laughs> Clearly, everyone listened. Yeah. Because there was th- over 3,000 people there. I don't know if it was three. I'd say two. I'm going with three. All right. I'm going with Somebody three. I did a count. There was standing room only. It was a massive room. Yeah. It, it felt like one of those mega churches. It felt like a Texan mega church. Which is appropriate. Yeah, which is appropriate. And it was outstanding. Yeah. Outstanding. Standing. The amount of people there, Father Peter was cracking jokes, he was being funny. Um, uh, the, the line goes, the line of the day goes to Father Rob, though, who in the like uh, prayers, like the Lord here at prayer point, was like, for the Villanova basketball players. And then he said something about how they're like great attitude and blah, blah, blah. And that's, that's an example for everybody. Yeah. And then he goes, and made their. May they continue to fill up the basket more than the Easter Bunny. So corny. It was so, so corny. corny, but it was right on point. Yeah. Um, so you want to wrap it up? Wait, you didn't talk about the highlight of the mass. The highlight, oh, the highlight of, of the, the mass, mass was all of a sudden something happened with the sound and Whitney Houston. Yeah, so we're in like basically like a convention center like yeah. ballroom. Like literally it's right after communion, so it's basically quiet. And Whitney Houston just blaring, uh, yeah, blaring. through the speakers comes I, on. Just, we don't work here. We don't work so, here. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Uh, uh, just blaring through the speakers for like probably went on for what a minute or so, something like that. Yeah. And it was Father Peter announces he's like, clearly I have nothing to do with this. <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah. Hey, question for you guys. No, so, we don't work here. We don't work here, but maybe I can help. Okay. It's good to see you. <laughs> okay. Um, 
we sign up for the, I know we can do it online, but is there a sign to sign up for the uh, pre-game party tomorrow? Yeah, you can do it online. Do you do it, on, do it on the app. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and I think you pick up the tickets here. Tomorrow. Right here. Tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You won't be here because you don't work. I don't That's right. We here. don't work here. Right. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> all right, thanks, guys. No problem. Yep. All right, for all our listeners, thanks for the patience. Anyway. So clearly we're at the team hotel. We're not lying. <laughs> yeah. We're not lying. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, so, so that was definitely the highlight of the mass. Yeah. So we don't work here. <laughs> we don't work here. God, come on. Hashtag we don't work here. I, we should have made a sign. <laughs> Stop. We really don't work here. Um, we know nothing. Yeah, so Whitney Houston starts blaring at the mass. Yeah. Father Peter was... Utterly confused. So is everybody. But Father Peter went along with it. Started waving yeah, his head. It was so good. It was great. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's close it out. Let's close it out. Thank you for listening to this special unedited version of the full forty. <laughs> hashtag no production value. <laughs> hashtag no production va- value. Hashtag we don't work here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wish you could go on and tag this. Damn it. We call this the most unofficial Villanova battle- basketball podcast you can find. I think we've proven that. Yeah, it's very up. on brand. So straight up, very on brand here today. All right, for those of you who are and hang here in San Antonio, we'll see you around at the bars. Yep, um, where I'll be having plenty of margaritas and beers over the next couple of days. For those of you enjoying this run from back home, um, enjoy. Get together, join up with some Villanova fans in your own right. The games. On tomorrow night. It's the golden age. Villanova versus Michigan for the opportunity for Villanova to win its second national championship in three years. It doesn't matter what your plans are. If you had plans, cancel them. Third national championship of all time if we win tomorrow. Yep. Um, So with that, thanks for listening. Thanks for sticking with us. And as always, let's let's go go Nova. Nova.